Jack Act of the track. we never left it's another episode of the podcast that no one asked for as always i am one of the hosts paul brzez uh i am joined by kyle george my co-host uh he did a great job last week with some scheduling conflicts he handled the show by himself i was very proud of him um he really picked me up last week um but we are back this week kyle how are you this week uh glad to not be alone anymore that was brutal last week i'll tell you that much yeah i i know but you powered through (laughs) and i and i I truly appreciated it um so obviously uh with everything going on in the football world season is starting next week uh we wanted to do a little bit of fantasy talk today uh we have shane is the worst that's how he wanted to be introduced that's also his twitter handle at shane is the worst he co-hosts the podcast uh, Dynasty Trade Headquarters. He also writes for DL Football and Fantasy Data NFL. Shane, thank you for joining us tonight to do some fantasy talk with us. Hey, no problem. And um, it's my handle. It's not like I choose to. Well, I guess I did choose my handle. So, yeah, I guess I chose to be <laughs> announced that way. That's that's a terrible idea. When we, when we discuss my team later, if you don't like it, then you will officially be Shane is the worst if you don't agree with me on, on, my, on my roster. So, um First things first, we want to get into some 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 sleeper talk. Obviously, that's very important because when you get in the nitty gritty rounds, or if you're if you do something that I've never done before, we did a two quarterback league in our group chat, and it's something very new to me. Um, you know, a lot of players go differently; quarterbacks go earlier than normal. So, kind of some sleeper picks that you're really honing in on, and certain rounds where you think these guys are going to be available to kind of steal and help you throughout your season. Well, you said it's your first super flex. Huh? So I'm hoping, yeah, uh, yeah never mind. Um, <laughs> from, from what, from what you were describing earlier, you might need some help on, on the waiver wire. Some of the low end guys, guys like Sam Darnold, um, not guys like Teddy Bridgewater, guys like Jalen hurts. Although I guess in redraft, he, he's not really a sleeper sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, running backs is really all I look at when it comes to sleepers. I'm just looking at guys like if you want to dig super deep, I'm assuming Mike Davis is going to lose his job in Atlanta to Wayne Gallman. And you probably don't need to roster Wayne Gallman right now, but at least keep him on your watch list. Um, a guy, and he's not exactly a sleeper, but he's being underdrafted is David Montgomery. Um, guy finished the year's uh, top 10 running back last year, and he's being drafted as the uh, RB 17 or so this year, um, depending on what ADP you use, which is just blasphemy. Yeah, that's how you say that. Yeah, blasphemy yeah. to me. Um, a guy I wasn't particularly high on, but Miami has shown me that you need to be high on him is uh, Miles Gaskins. Gaskin. I do that all the time. I make him a, a multiple person. He's just one. I always do that too. Yeah, yeah I, I'm always doing that. Like, there's multiple Miles Gaskin running around on the field, which, <laughs> for fantasy purposes, would be really hard to stop, right? But um, yeah, he he's a guy that I like a lot because he he had the ninth most uh, opportunities per game last year, um, and that's targets plus rushing attempts. And 
I, I know, you know, on fantasy Twitter, we went a little crazy because Malcolm Brown um, got a lot of run in the preseason, but Malcolm Brown's not good. And he I wasn't good that. in the preseason. Um, so I think that was more of a case of, well, Malcolm Brown's new to the team. They want to get him acclimated, get him some run. And they know what they have in Miles Gaskin. Assuming he's healthy, he's their three down back. Um, so, yeah, Gaskins, Montgomery, really, uh, really digging deep Gallman because um, he's going to take Michael Davis's job because Michael Davis isn't that good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> So quarterbacks, you uh, you struggled at quarterback, I hear. Well, yeah. So for me, um, and then I'll let Kyle get a question. And we, so I knew it was a two quarterback league based on the superflex, but Patrick Mahomes went one, Josh Allen went two. I was sitting at three. I mean, how do you not take Christian McCaffrey when you're sitting at three? So me being who I am, I drafted in my old mindset. And I went with McCaffrey at three. So my two quarterbacks that I ended up with are Tom Brady and sadly. Derek Carr because I had no choice. I wanted to take Baker, but but I couldn't. He went a couple picks before me. So those are my two quarterbacks. I don't have to use the quarterback at all the time in the Superflex. Right. But I don't like his his matchup week 1, so I am not going to play him week 1. Yeah, and that's the thing um first time people play Superflex is they might not understand is it's not two quarterbacks. Um so you don't have to play yeah. uh, the car. And I wouldn't play the car. Um, and I'm just calling him the car because I can never remember if he's David or Derek because I'm old. <laughs> um, but Tom Brady is a, is your QB top QB isn't bad, but Carr is he's exceedingly average. Um, but you know, some people subscribe to that theory that you know the second quarterback should be replaceable. It's fine if you get or not should be can be replaceable if you get someone that's just going to score you 15 to 18 points. You should be fine. I'm of a mind where, you know, most of my super flex drafts, I'm going to start off with like in your case at three, I probably would have went Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, but I probably would have hammered the quarterback position. um, The first two picks, I I actually had an ESPN draft last night um, charity one, and I wasn't paying attention and I almost timed out in the first round and ended up with Jonathan Taylor and it's a super flex. But I got lucky and then was able to draft uh, Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers um, in the next two rounds because apparently no one, uh, everyone that, you know, had auto on um, ESPN's auto select doesn't yet know that two quarterbacks that are really good are really good in super flex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that was um, that 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 was some luck for you because, yeah, uh, I didn't have I didn't have that luxury. I wish I did because I. In every other league, I have Aaron Rodgers, so that that's one of I kept him in two leagues and I drafted him in two others. Um, so you got lucky there, Kyle. Why don't you uh, go over your roster with him or, or or whatever question you have first for him? Yeah, all right. So I guess um, since it was also my first time doing Superflex, I kind of wanted to get your um, thought process on on how do you approach. And this might be helpful for. Uh, our listeners now it's probably too late but this is probably good information for them going forward is how do you uh, approach the mindset of a super flex when you go into the draft like what is your you know top priority i think you kind of alluded to it early on by saying quarterback but um you know kind of give me your thoughts on what your top priority is going into a super flex draft yeah i'm not going to overthink it it's super flex i i want I want to fill the quarterback position as best I can. Right. My first pick is going to be a quarterback. My second pick, it's going to depend on how heavy the rest of the the draft is going. Right. So you assume your first pick, you're going to get one of the top 12 guys, hopefully, unless you're somehow 
really bad at drafting, but you're, you're going to get, you're going to get a top, you're going to get a top tier guy. Um, and you might be able to get another top 12 guy at that second pick. If I can do that, I'm going to do that all day. Um, I've been in a, a few startup dynasty leagues, which are obviously different and you can trade around more than you can in a redraft league um, this summer. And what I did is I traded into the back into the first round on several occasions. So I'd end up with a Patrick Mahomes and a Trevor Lawrence or a Lamar Jackson and a Joe Burrow. Um, because I just, I want to get, basically I want to hammer you to death with those two, those two positions right there, drop 70 points on you. And then I'll figure out the rest of the positions. Wide receiver is deep enough that you can get wide receivers later in the draft um, with comparable scoring. Running back, you're going to generally look a little little scary at running back, and I know that's hard for redraft because when you play redraft, you really want running backs because that's what you think wins, right? So you want running backs, and it's a, it's a hard habit to break out of when you're you're drafting in superflex. Um, so I generally, I'm, I'm it's the old onesies positions, quarterback and tight end is where I'm looking for an edge because that's places you can get the edge. Uh, running back, you're, you're probably going to, like I said, your running backs are going to look a little choppy. You're going to have a lot of backups on your roster. I'm not saying you're hoping for injury, but if injury should happen to hit the league, you'll be in good shape. Um, and then, like I said, wide receivers, honestly, after the first 12, wide receiver 13 to 30, they're very similar, um, and they can give you similar scoring outputs every week. Awesome. So, okay. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. Uh, I was gonna go, I was gonna go right into my uh, my uh, my lineup now that uh, but if you have a question go ahead and, and ask yeah we'll we'll do the we'll do the lineups together I wanted to get this one question in because something I hear from a lot of people and Kyle I'm not sure how many leagues you are in um, <laughs> Just I always this. hear from people oh oh wow well, then I can't consider yourself I can't lucky. I can't do multiple leagues anymore I just don't have the attention span I, I just, so. Wait till you hear this then so I hear it all the time from people you're in too many leagues i used to be in 10 uh in 2020 i cut down to three and i won all three leagues so i was like okay time to go back up um i'm back up to six now um so i i'm trying my luck last year i was in four and i didn't win any after feeling lucky so i decided let's go up two more again um so how many leagues is too many leagues to be in um when you don't enjoy it yeah, okay, uh, when you don't enjoy it, or you're paying for it on a credit card and not immediately paying it back. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that one for sure. You know, it's one thing if you're paying on a Wednesday and you're like, oh, I, I want to pay it today. I don't want to wait till Friday, whatever. But you, you shouldn't be paying. It shouldn't be putting you in debt, and you should definitely be having fun. Um, that's my best barometer. I got to a number last year that I, I was no longer having fun with it. Um, 60s we'll say the 60s um, wait between, wait 60 mm -hmm. yeah between dynasty oh and redraft wow i thought 10 uh, was a lot okay and i mean it it's all relative right yeah of course 10 10 to someone that plays in one is a lot yeah and to someone that plays in 60 seems like a few yeah um what happened is, is the last couple of years i've ended up joining a ton of charity leagues mm -hmm. um because it's pretty much impossible to say no, right? Someone slides in your DMs exactly. and they're like, hey, do you like kids? Do you want to help sick kids? And you're like, what are you going to say? No. Mm -hmm. um, fuck them kids. No, I don't want to play. <laughs> <laughs> so, fuck them kids. Yeah, you, you get in the league and before you know it, it word gets around and next thing you know, you're in like 10 just charity leagues. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's fine for me, you know, as long as you have a process um, and as long as you enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, then don't do it. If you only enjoy being in one league, then don't be in more than one league. Don't let anyone pressure you into being more than one league. If you enjoy being in 30 leagues, be in 30 leagues. As long as you're having fun um, and, and taking into account that you're winning or losing and, you know, that that's part of the fun for you. I, I, that's, I'd say just as long as you're having fun, as many as you want to do is as many as you should do. That's, that's a fair answer. I definitely, I guess, you know, when you're, like you said, when you're doing the, uh, the charity ones, they, they could pile up, but Hey, you know, if you're still having fun, yeah, still yeah. having fun. Kyle, okay. So go over his, your roster with him. All right. So let me, let me preface this, that I was doing this. <laughs> And I, I wasn't I, – so I got overwhelmed by the Superflex. First time doing a Superflex, I, I didn't read the rules. I didn't even know it was a Superflex. I log in. Because when you're in a group chat with, you know, 15 people and you, you come back from, like, a work meeting or something and you got, like, 300 messages, you skim. I'm not going to lie. The day well, the we all do hit, it. The day the rules were handed out, I skimmed. And that was my biggest mistake, <laughs> right? So I, we, we go to draft night. I'm I'm – preoccupied i'm not really paying attention so i i preface that here so to start off and I, then realized you had 14th pick yeah I, so i was pick 14 <laughs> pick one of the subsequent because it was a snake draft so we were you know i was pick one so that kind of gave me uh the benefit to kind of draft in a you know strate- more strategic way but i uh didn't get good quarterbacks and i'm just gonna like i i panicked so um, we're going to start off. I, I started off with Matt Ryan. Um, <laughs> and then I went to, uh, I didn't pick another quarterback for another 12 rounds. <laughs> so, um, then my running back is Jonathan Taylor, uh, Nick Chubb, uh, Michael Carter from the jets. And that's actually it. So I drafted three running backs. Um, then for wide receiver, I, didn't really have a strategy here. I just kind of wanted to go with guys I thought I would get good value on. Uh, and I did a lot of mid-round drafting here uh, in terms of wide receivers. So I got uh, Julio Jones, Cole Beasley, uh, Kenny Galladay, who I, I, you know, with Daniel Jones, not sure, um, you know, what's going to happen there. But And then I also got uh, Michael Pittman as well. And then uh, for tight ends, uh, Typically, what I try to do is I try to at least draft a player that is uh, on the same team as a quarterback, but I know that can bite you in the ass because if one goes one way, it then brings the other guy down. But on the other side, if they one guy balls out, typically the other guy is also balling out alongside that. So that being said, I took Kyle Pitts, and then I took Evan Ingram. I don't know why I took Evan Ingram, um, but uh, – <laughs> and then – uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick as my last quarterback. Ryan so. Fitz, and this is super flex again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, hmm. I'm trying to be <laughs> just go ahead. Yeah, Kyle's just going winless. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ugly. not great. It's ugly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's I, not great, Bob. But here's the thing. So if you want to look at the bright side, right? Matt Ryan could definitely throw 550 attempts this year, right? He's done it before. Um, I like pairing him with Kyle Pitts, to be honest with you, because I think Kyle Pitts is going to be an absolute monster this year. Um, I like Evan Ingram, actually, um, except for the fact that he's injured again. But he had a ton of targets last year. He was top five in tight end targets. Um, if he just catches the ball um, <laughs> and gets a little more efficiency there, um, th- then that's a good pick. Um, Julio is your wide receiver one. Again, if he's healthy, I 
the guy's a monster, right? He, what he does is put up wide receiver one season. So you got Jonathan Taylor, who's arguably the best running back in football, um, could be the running back one in, in fantasy this year. Uh, not a big fan of Michael Carter. I think he's a trash can. But ouch, yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't, I don't we, think he's very. We good. are Jets fans, so don't say that. Yeah. No, I, look, <laughs> you got Lamichael P. Ryan and uh, Tevin Coleman, so you're fine. Ah, Tevin Coleman, who happens to be on my roster. It's not your turn yet, Paul. Don't start I'm giving just, away the secrets. Hey, listen, I, I just <laughs> wanted to add to the point that it looks like already he kind of is going to agree with what I have to say soon. Let's say you're going to watch the wires a lot, right? The waiver wire. Who, who's available just quarterback-wise available on the wire, if anyone? Let's I don't even know. If... Are the wires even open on our side? We can't. We can't. We use the sleeper app, um, so we can't do anything, I think, until uh, tomorrow. But okay. the quarterbacks that are available are the top three. Actually, I, the, the, top, the top three is one doesn't even count. It's Manny Wilkins. So the top two quarterbacks that would possibly play in a, in a game are Garoppolo and Taysom Hill. Well, that, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, that is. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I might actually pick up Garoppolo though, because in Superflex, I really want at least three quarterbacks, um, and Garoppolo might he might be okay to start the year. Um, I think he definitely loses that job at some point. But yeah, it's not great, Bob. But are you allowed <laughs> to trade in that league? Yes. Yeah. And draft picks too. So. Okay, well, I, I'd look to do that. Um, maybe. Um, do what I can. Look, I love, I hate doing the tearing down from a running back position, but if you're going to tear down from a position, I wouldn't mind it being running back only because we've seen, you know, just in the last month, why zero running back is even a thing, right? With all the injuries, mm-hmm. it's a fragile position. Uh, I wouldn't be afraid to start looking around the league and see if someone maybe wants to shop a quarterback for a Jonathan Taylor, um, a quarterback plus. Kyle, something right. for you to ponder over. Yeah, it looks like, you know, it looks like I'm going to lose a lot of games this year, but that's all right. That's all right. I have my pride, and that's all that matters. All yeah. right. Sure. <laughs> so let's talk about a team that may actually win some games. Um, like I said, I took McCaffrey at three overall. Um, so right now in this, I'm just going to read it down. Uh, I haven't set the roster for next week yet, but I have Brady, McCaffrey, Mostert, Thielen, A.J. Brown, Tanyan is my tight end who I like a lot. Um, I've got Ronald Jones, Corey Davis, again, the car, uh, Tevin Coleman, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Jared Cook. And with my last pick, I took Rashad Bateman and IR'd him. So I'm scouring the wire for another receiver. Uh, But that is my, that is the team that I drafted with the third overall pick. Look, you have McCaffrey, right? He basically counts as a quarterback. Um, the way he scores, um, he outscores uh, everyone except maybe the top scoring quarterback every year. Um, if he does, you know, if he's healthy and he's on the field, um, Brady's probably going to be a top twelve quarterback. Carr, you know, it's Carr. Um, he, he's better than Fitzpatrick, I think, or at least he's he's in the Fitzpatrick range. But yeah, the, the Brady and the McCaffrey—that's a not a bad start at all. Um, I, me again, I, I probably would have went quarterback again. Yeah. Um, but in a, in a redraft league too, you want to differentiate some, right? So a lot of those leagues, a lot of people are going to go quarterback. Now, some of them are overdraft quarterbacks like Matt Stafford and Derek Carr. Um, not saying you overdrafted them. Um, Daniel Jones. Uh, I'm, like I'm guessing you got him good value. 
Yeah, it was it was it was kind of late. But I'm trying to see. It, the app doesn't tell me. But that's okay. I mean, he's on my roster. <laughs> and then you know, AJ Brown. And who were your other wide receivers? Uh Thielen, AJ Brown, and Corey Davis. Yeah, see, I mean, except for Thielen, he's not going to be the wide receiver one on his own team. But there's no reason AJ Brown can't continue to be, even with Julio Jones there. Um, he's an efficiency monster. He doesn't need a ton of targets. So it's not like the additional Julio Jones is going to hurt him all that much. So I, I love your receivers. Uh, love them a lot. Um, your running backs, you got Tevin Coleman in there, right? So yep. you got, you got someone with some upside. Um, he might get rotated out, but I mean, that's running back. You're going to keep your eye on the wire all year. And there's going to be guys at pop loose that are going to be the hot pickup that week that you'll, you'll look at. So basically, I'm going to win a lot more games than Kyle. All right, that's fair. <laughs> um, I mean, here's the problem. You're both thin at quarterback, right? So if anything happens at quarterback, you guys are dead. Down yeah. in the water. Dead in the water. So that's <laughs> why, I mean, that's why I like to get at least three. Um, you know, two high-end ones and then one middling car, Daniel mm-hmm. Jones type of guy. Well, that's good to know for next year when I do this because I've always been really against having a league where you have two quarterbacks. I always like to keep it basically standard. My my personal league that I run that we drafted last night, I hate the kicker position. We eliminated kicker and replaced it with a flex, um, and the league's been kind of happy because my reasoning behind it was why would I want 14 to 19 points from a kicker when I can get it from a position player? So um, that's really gone well, and I – I, that was something I wanted to implement for a really long time. So trying the two quarterback league and, and I don't, you know, if I don't win, I'm not going to be devastated because it's, it's something new for me. So I'm looking forward to seeing how I play out in my first of it. But for us, we are Jets fans. So um, I've been in a couple leagues where people have drafted Zach Wilson. Um, I've been in a couple leagues that he wasn't drafted. I did take him in one league because he's my quarterback too, not to in a two quarterback league, but um, Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback. His bye is week 13. So I know as long, as long as he's healthy, I'm good for a spot start regardless. And I believe I'm trying to remember the Jets schedule in my head. I think that's an Eagle, the Eagles game. So I think, you know, if Zach is having a decent season, that's a favorable matchup based on what we've seen from the Eagles. So, um, what are your thoughts on, on a kind of rookie fantasy season for Zach? Where should he be drafted? Maybe he shouldn't be drafted at all. And, uh, and what are your thoughts on that? No, I like Zach Wilson um, a lot more than I did before he came um, before he came out. Uh, I didn't realize I'd like him this much. And I've drafted him in a bunch of dynasty leagues and I drafted him in a couple uh, redraft leagues because once I get to that, again, I hate beating the same guys to death. But when I get to a Danny Jones, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr level, I, I kind of know what I'm going to get. Right. I, I'd like to see what Zach Wilson could give me. He's got more upside than those guys, I think. Um He's got rushing ability and he's actually got a really good wide, uh, really good is a strong word. He has a good wide receiver court, right? With uh, Davis, um, Crowder, if he stops getting COVID, and uh, <laughs> Elijah uh, Moore, right? Um, so I, I, I like his receiving crew um, and even his running backs. I'm not a giant Michael Carter fan, but Michael Carter can catch out of the backfield. So can Michael P. Ryan and so can Tevin Coleman if he's healthy. Um, so for upside purposes, I, I, I like taking Zach Wilson. It, 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 again, it depends on the rounds. If someone else is taking a Derek Carr, if like th- those guys start going off the board, that's when I probably <clears throat> grab Zach Wilson, uh, assuming that some of the other rookies aren't available still like Justin Fields. 
Ah, Justin Fields. Makes me feel a little bit better. Makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, I did take him in the last round last night too, so, but. Yeah, and that, look, in the last round, to get a starting quarterback, first of all, and he's not one that I think is a trash can. He's not Jimmy Garoppolo who's going to lose his job in three weeks. He's not Andy Dalton who we're waiting on to lose his job. He's a guy that we know, unless of injury, this is his job this year. Yeah. You know, and. Yeah, he's going to have some down weeks because he's a rookie quarterback, but you're going to stream him. You're not going to play him every yeah. week. You're going to pick out matchups. He's probably going to have some two, three-week stretch where you're like, all right, I feel safe starting him here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and worst-case scenario, if he works out and he looks good, I have a keeper next year for, for a 15th-round pick, right? and I keep my first. So that's how I feel. Yeah, so with, with that being said uh, – we're going to ask you one more question, Shane, and then we're going to, we're going to let you loose. Uh, so my question to you, now that you've reviewed our um, teams, is who, <laughs> who will have the most wins between Paulie and I? And then I'd like you to give us a win prediction for each of us. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Paulie. Um, <laughs> I'm going to assume this is uh, 14 games, right? Yes. 14 yep. game schedule. Um, and this is fantasy football, right? Like it's, it's the smallest of margins make you a winner, but eight and six, that that makes you a successful season. That puts you in the running for probably like fourth in the league. Um, that's why you got to love fantasy football. You lose one more game and you're a 500 team, but you, you, you know, you win that, you go eight and six and you look like a powerhouse. <laughs> um, Kyle, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I mean, two and 12. I can I can shoot for the JT narrative that I just used with C-Mac, right? That maybe he's the running back one and maybe he gives you QB1 scoring. If that happens, we can get you to 7 and 7, which is still fighting for the playoffs, right? Hey, hey I maybe. like that. Well, only one win behind Polly. Uh and all you gotta do, look, it's it's the great thing about redraft is there's going to be guys on the waivers that can help you every week. You know, yeah. um, multiple guys most weeks. Um, so as long as you're working the waiver wire and you're trying to make trades, um, I know that's a little harder in redraft, but as long as you're doing those things, you, you still got a chance. All right. All right. Shane, uh, we want to thank you uh, for your time joining us this week. Uh, if you don't mind, go ahead and plug uh, all your socials, what, what people can find you on and what you work on uh, for the fans who are listening right now. Yeah, so uh, Dynasty League Football, uh, I write Dynasty content. Um, just started writing redraft content for fantasydata.com. Uh, you can find me at Chain is the Worst on Dynasty Trades HQ uh, podcast, also on Manic and Chill YouTube, and Dynasty Intervention stream on Tuesdays. Um, Wednesdays? Yeah, one of those days. Whatever day <laughs> you pop on, if I'm they there. blend together. That's it, yeah. Um, other than that, not much. That's that's about it. Just fantasy football stuff. Awesome. Well, awesome. Shane, thank, thank you, so, you much, Shane. so much. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure getting to talk to you, get to know you, and then uh, we'll keep you updated as the, as the season goes on, and we'll see if your prediction holds true. Uh, right. And and then I will uh, dump a bucket of ice water on Paulie if I win. So. <laughs> All right. All right, yeah, Thanks, if you guys. have a better record than me, I will. Uh, I'll agree to that. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks again. again. So, Kyle, that was awesome. A little bit of fantasy insight. My team is better than yours. You're going to suck. We get it. But let's go into what's kind of been a hot topic, not only in our group chat, but throughout social media. 
finally, nine months later, CLB, Certified Lover Boy, was finally released. Um, there's been mixed reviews across the board. Who hates it? Who loves it? Who thinks it's okay? Thankfully enough, Kyle and I are on two separate sides of the fence here. So this is <laughs> a discussion. Um, Kyle, I'm going to go first because I'll get my positive points out. And then you can come in and tell everybody your takes. But for me, um, I've listened to it 10 times. Yes, that's a lot. I spend a lot of time at the gym. So that is why I had so much time to play this album. I haven't listened to anything else. I actually have cut some time into Halsey listening, which is very shocking for me. And and Kyle knows this, but um, I really like the album. The first listener to, you know, I, I do think that Drake did play it safe. Um, I think 21 tracks is way too many tracks for an album. I think I'm getting too old for that. Um, I, I truly feel that you can take any song off this album and throw it on views or nothing was the same and, and just put it in there and, it, and it's not out of place. And, and it's, it's a very Drake album. However, being a Drake fan, like I am, I accept these things. Um, it is not better than Donda. I won't say that because that would be silly, even though Donda is extremely long. Um, but I was very help, happy with the album. Maybe too many features. Um, you know, sometimes I think that because he, there's 21 tracks, we have to have all of these features. Um, you know, it's good to hear like Project Pat back on an album and, you know, hear hear Wayne. I think Wayne had a very good verse um, on, on the track. Um, but I think there was way too many features. Um, we'll do, we'll go back to favorite songs on the album or, or if you don't even have any at the end of your part. Uh, but Kyle, how do you feel about the album? Um, it stinks. And I, I'm just going to be, you know, brutally honest. I, I think, uh, I think after a decade of Drake kind of doing the same kind of stuff over and over, it gets, it gets quite tiresome. Uh, I'm tired of, uh, hearing about his sexcapades or his trouble with women. Um, guy is 35 years old at this point, and I, I just don't have, uh, I just don't care about him crooning over a beat talking about, uh, you know, she won't, or, uh, she said she likes girls, girl, me too, or whatever he said. I was like, this is this man is, <laughs> this man is 35, bro. Like, <laughs> so, I, like so I have, so I, I at least have one more year left in me to, to, to be like this then is that, is that yeah. what you're saying <laughs> yeah and and i think i think um I, I made a point you know last week on the episode um my solo episode i made a point that drake i think just cannot create a cohesive album and it's you know when his subject matter stuff is not changing year over year and we get on and we all get on eminem for this right eminem's in his 40s now and he's doing the same stuff he was doing in his 20s and it get it it wears down. Like how many times can we do the same thing? You think of the movie, the hangover, right? The hangover one and two are identical and people hated the second one because it was the same thing, just in a different setting. Right. That's what yep. Drake keeps doing with each album. We are getting the same thing in a different setting. And people say, and I read this on Twitter and it's, it, I, I resonated with it. Right. It's Drake says the same thing, just in a different font. Different, yeah. I, as and, a Drake stand, I a thousand percent agree with that. 
I and, 1000% agree with that. And I thought the, so, you know, I don't want to say the, you know, the whole album is awful. I did get a couple of keepers off of it. Right. So uh, I think this, this album starts off very strong with uh, uh, sh- whatever the first song is champagne poetry or something like that. Yeah. That, that one is, is that's one of my, I, I do champagne poetry is track one. Um, I wish there was more of a beat. I don't know what he was trying to do there. I, I feel like he was trying to like recite a, I mean, it is called Champagne Poetry, so I feel like he was trying to keep it mellow. But I was mm-hmm. waiting for something that never came from production. Right, and uh, yeah, that's that's a fair um, that's a fair thing. And I, I thought uh, when we got the first couple of tracks there, I was like, oh, this might actually be a you know a good album. Um, you know, coming straight off of the the Kanye West and Drake uh, drama now, which is now spilling out all over the place, right? So yeah. we're now seeing more of that come out. But um, when you compare it, you know, side by side to Donda. Right. It, it, it's not even not even close. Right. We're, we're, we're talking about um, you, the, this is the thing about Kanye and a lot of people get on him. Right. But he has never been afraid to change or go out of his comfort zone when yep. it comes to his music. Absolutely and, not. and he's always been experimental and he's always done things that are far out. And, you know, 10 years ago when he was, you know, talking about his visions and stuff like and people were think, people thought he was crazy but when you look back on it now like he was he's definitely a visionary artist but when you go to drake right i think drake <laughs> oh sorry i think when you go back um, was that a sneeze or was that your dog that was my dog no, um, just kidding. when you go back to you know drake here it's there has been no visionariness there's no um you know growth um you know I, I don't even know how long Drake's been out. It feels like it's been forever, right? So, yeah, we, you could. I think the only thing that's changed um, with Drake, right, has just been that he sounds a little more sultry on his songs, but he's saying the same thing, right? And that's and that's what always has bothered me about about Drake is you know, people always say, you know, Drake talk about you know what's going on in the world, and then you know I think Ke- Kevin. Ke- you know, Clue24 on Twitter, uh, also uh, on the Middle Initial podcast and also all in with Kevin Lewis. He made a great, he said, you know, I also, he's like, I don't want to hear Drake talk about real world issues. And I was like, I don't want to hear Drake talk about women yeah. either. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, like, what do, what do we get Drake to talk about now? Because I'm sick of hearing about his women problem. Like, you know, he, he on one track, he talks about, I fucked all these women. And then the other way, he's like, why can't I find me a good girl? I was like, bro, that sounds like a you problem at this point. You know, <laughs> 12 years, however long, that's a you problem. You might be toxic. Um, so, you know, that's my, I, I kind of went on a rant here, but that's kind of, no, you know. good. the the thing for me, and then I'll, I'll circle back to see, you know, see if you did like any tracks, which ones, but, um, for me, I mean, <laughs> I make the joke all the time to you guys like, oh, you know, I've been, I just wanted this album so I can get the, so I can tweet lyrics, which I've been doing. Uh, the only thing is, is I wish that it came out nine months ago. Cause I mean, my favorite song on the album for me is uh fair trade. Um, I, I agree with that one. That that one has a lot in it that resonates with me over the last 12 months. Um, So that's a song that, that it, it, I like it a lot, but it also has a meaning for me. Um, I'm just going to give three. So fair trade, um, no friends in the industry. And then you only live twice uh, because I think, I think Wayne's verse on there is amazing. And I actually do like Drake's not a big fan of Ross's on there, but, I, I think this is the first time where Drake and Ross was on a track that I was like, oh, I didn't really like that track completely with both of them on there. I think Ross could have been left off of it and just Wayne, Wayne and, and Drake. And and honestly, if they wanted to put Nikki on that track and kind of do a seeing green kind of 
volume two, if you will, where they're all three of them are on a track again. Uh, but those are my three favorites. But I have to say my runner up, and I know you hate this song so much, but I think after the video came out and that I started playing this song more. Uh, way too sexy. Way too sexy know. is a freaking bop. I don't care. It's a funny track. It's a funny, based on the video, it, it's it's Drake Marketing 101 where he's being a clown. And then to me, originally when I heard the song, I was like, ah, this is weird, but, I, but I'm, I'm liking the beat. I'm liking what's going on. And then I watched the video and I was all in. So, yes, yeah. I am, a, I am a, cre- uh, a creature of the moment. <clears throat> I, I can't help it, but Way Too Sexy is like my, my number four runner-up. But fair trade – by, by, and and I didn't even mention Love All because Jay-Z's verse on that track is so dope. So that would be like my number five. If I went to five, those are my top five from the album. Okay. Now, I know since you don't like it, do you even have like a top two? or? So I, I pulled three songs that I uh, I enjoyed off of this album. Um, I pulled uh, – so th- th- I added these to my liked songs playlist. So uh, I went with I Miss You Too. Did you download no, I, them or did you add them no, to a playlist? No. Added them to a playlist. I usually uh, have a playlist where I go over my current songs and I just listen to it to death. But anyway, um, I miss you too with Kid Cudi. I really enjoyed that song. For uh, it's a good song. It was I kind agree. of a. It was again. It was the crooning, right? But I think uh, he kind of matched Cudi's vibe on there. And I actually think yeah. at, at moments Kid Cudi kind of out, outshined him um, a little bit because it almost. Uh, you know, Drake was using some auto tune and and pitch correction, uh, but I think Cuddy was just raw uh, in, and had good emotional uh, cuts there. Um, and then I went with Fair Trade uh, as well. I think that song resonates with me a lot as a, you know as I get older. Um, I found myself resonating with that a lot because I I keep a small circle, mm-hmm. um, and that and and he says you know. I've been losing friends and finding peace. I think that was one of the most realistic lines because, you know, as you get older, the less people you have, the less drama you're dealing with. And I love it. Uh, you know, that, I keep the circle that, small. I mean, <clears throat> and, and you know, you know, I mean, I, I don't I don't like to put all my stuff out there, but you know specifically for me, like that line for me is extremely real, raw, and mm-hmm. true. So as soon and that was one of the songs that got leaked where when we shared the the random TikTok that was like looking at a screen with a shark or whatever, that was a song that was in the background. Mm-hmm. And when I heard it and I thought that's what I heard in the lyric, but I wasn't sure. And I was like, I need this actual track. And once I heard the full song, I was like, shit, this is exactly what I thought and needed. So, but keep going. I'm sorry. I just have to, because that song yeah, will play no. forever. And uh, I, you know, I, Travis got a feature on there. It was actually spirited. I thought Travis delivered a very good verse. I think that's yeah. now two, two weeks in a row. I've gotten a good Travis Scott verse from him he, on Donda. He had a great verse on this. He has a great verse. So I think we're getting close to Travis's album. Um, he was definitely in album mode when he recorded these these two verses. Um, I think you can always tell when artists are are entering album mode. Like yep, Kendrick absolutely. on on Family Ties, he dropped one of the best uh, verses of the year. Um, and I guarantee you, he was in the studio working on his album when that track came across his desk. Desk, um, and I think the same thing goes with Travis Scott, right? I think Travis Scott is, is in in the studio now, and he's working on his album. Um, and then they, you know, Kanye came over with Donda, and, and he's like, "Here's what I want you to do." And then I think Drake came over with uh, with Fair Trade. So I think we're getting um, we're getting close to a Travis Scott album. And then my last song is uh, 7 a.m. on Brittle Path" because I think. So this is this is why I have a love hate relationship with Drake specifically, right? When we get when we get tracks like 7 a.m. on Brittle Path, if he makes an album 
that is 12 of these types of quality songs, he will have a certifiable classic. I don't know why he cannot do that over the course of 12 songs. Do you and think he's so concerned about attracting what his niche fan base is that he's like, well, Hey, this works no matter what, if I give them this crooning, the back and forth where I've got all these women, but yeah, man, she really hurt me. Like he knows. And again, like I said, he played it safe with this album. He -hmm. knows he's going to sell. He knows he's going to get the streams. So he doesn't try at this point. Do you think that may be it? Cause like, I agree with you. Like that track is super dope and I didn't even include it in my personal five. So I think Drake, the rapper, right? It, it, this is, I think this is the eternal conflict of what Drake wants to be in the industry, right? So I think Drake, the rapper is one of the best. I think when he sits down and puts pen to paper and he starts writing out thoughtful lyrics, he's one of the best in the industry, right? You, you could put him up there with Kendricks and Jays and all them, right? Drake, the artist is, he's not, he's not ideal, right? He's not very he's good. Trying, he's trying to he, he's, I feel like he's always trying to do something. He plays so it within a the, box. He plays yeah. it safe within a box. He doesn't ever, he never will go out of his comfort zone. That's why I think when we get down to nitty gritty and, and people compare both Drake and, and Kanye, right? Kanye, the artist, is one of the best of our generation. Um, he will lap Drake, the artist, 10 times over. It's never even going to be a competition. But when you get down to the rapping portion, Drake, the rapper, is better than Kanye the rapper, and that's just the reality of that situation, right? But, mm. but that's that's why when we get these albums, Kanye's sound more cohesive because he's he's he has a vision, he has a thought process, he has an idea of what he wants his album to sound like. And then Drake, I think he just he just goes in the studio and he just records whatever you know. He just wants to make like he knows it's going to sell, right? I don't think he cares, and that's why 40s production is now starting to grow stale, right? We mm. he, oh, I, I feel like that. I think 40 has done the same type of beats for Drake over the like the last decade. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, and I'm like, man, I don't, I, I want you to go out of the box a little bit here. I want you to try something different. And that's, I think that's what we're all looking for from Drake now at this point is that we want him to, to just go outside of the box, put yourself on a, a beat that you've never, because he's always um, right. When he had that phase on uh, more or was it more life where he was just, uh stealing from like you know he always um we notice he's like a chameleon right he'll always take he'll always take on the flows of stuff that's already worked that's already done like you know uk grind yeah um what's what was the song where he quoted um superman by eminem uh i can't even think of it off the top of my head right now but that's the first thing i thought of when you said that yeah and and, yeah so he'll he'll never go outside of a box and i i want to hear him on some sort of like you know if we for example like when you listen to kendrick right kendrick's beat selection his beat choice is very methodical and it but it's also it's not samey it's not cookie cutter it's it's got a it's got a grime it's got a yep it's it's got something to it right and we heard it on family ties right that beat it sticks out to you it's memorable i don't know if any of these beats on CLB are memorable in my head, I, I think we memorize the lyrics. Um, or we talked about, I really, like, like, I really like no friends in the industry. That which is hilarious favorite. to me because he's got an album full of features, which makes no sense to me. No, um, also very, it's very ironic, but I think to me, that might be the best beat on the album. I'll, I'll have to listen to it again. Again, I, I kind of tuned it. I, I, for some reason I could barely get through this album. I, you know, I had to, 
I, I think uh, I put it on the background the other day, kind of listening through it. And I just like kept tuning out. And then there would be a, a song that would catch my attention. Like, like the back half of the, the album, I, I don't think I paid attention to anything up until I miss you too. And that was like the third to last song or something on the album. Yeah. Um, but um, so like, I, I just went, I kind of got derailed there and I can't remember what I was going to say, but I, I do want to see Drake in more of a, out of the box. I want to see him get on a beat that he's not used to, that's not samey, that he knows he's not going to just float over. I want to hear something different. I want to hear him talk about something else. I want to hear you him talk about... Beat, you know what beat he got on? And I think that might have been one. And back to back. Yeah. That beat, like, when he was rapping and he was angry, I feel like that beat might be, like, something like that is what I want to hear him on again. Yeah, well, that's why seven a.m. Riddle Path works so well yep. because he was it was a, it was a Kanye response, right? He was talking yep. about Kanye West the entire time. Now, I I I am excited to see where that beef goes because I think um, I think at the end of the day, Kanye, I think Kanye won't win that straight up bar to bar. No, not a chance. He's going to have to do what he did last. He's going to have to get Pusha involved, and to me, I don't want that. I yeah, don't, it, I don't, I, if they're finally going to, if this is finally going to come to a head, like, like Drake released the track with the unreleased track from Donda with Andre 3000 and Kanye, which then Andre 3000 said, well, this is what I was told the track was supposed to be by Kanye. And then he threw a verse on there about Drake. So I, they need to go at it. And I don't want, I don't need the other people. It's you two. One's 45, one's 34. Just, just do it. Get it over with. And let's let us have it, and then it's over. Because this is—it's getting to a point now where is it real or is it fabricated? Because how did Drake get that album, that track to release it? And honestly, why I, I haven't seen—I don't know if you have—has Kanye like posted anything on Instagram about how he's angry about it? Because I haven't seen it. No. So why hasn't he said anything? Yeah, it's it's probably one of those things is how did how did Drake get that track right, and that that probably fuels more of the uh, the fire of Kim and being involved because you know I'm sure you know there's there's something going on there right. Like I think we need to, I think it just needs to be addressed and come to a head because yeah, like we, they had the episode of uh, the shop right where Drake was on there and he was talking about oh it's you know uh, I I kind of distanced myself but then all of a sudden now Drake's starting to talk more about it. He's he's dropping you know diss tracks and stuff like that so it's kind of like we need this to come to a head and there's there's so much cryptic yeah there's like everything's cryptic about it right I, like kanye is doing cryptic songs that that feel like they're directed at him and then drake's doing like i think it was no secret that 7 a.m on brittle path was was directed at kanye but it, yeah. you know he never mentions kanye's name once no, but he says that line about the drop in the address which we yeah. know just happened last week where which makes you think that that song was that. Which makes you think, by the way, that song was recorded within the week um, yeah. of that dropping. Exactly. Like that album probably had twenty tracks, and then he's like, "All right, well, we're gonna put this on there," and he added twenty-one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, overall, uh, I think the album stunk. I think I'm getting just tired of you know, and just tired of what Drake's talking about. I, I'm just I'm tired of hearing about it. Um, and I think, I think, you know, Drake, the artist, he is what he is at this point, right? We've seen 10 yeah. years of this. He's, he's going to always play it safe. And if he ever does go outside of the box, I think it'll be, it, it, it'll, 
I don't, I don't think he trusts himself enough to go outside of the box. I think that's what we're, you know, I think he doesn't have that confidence. And it's, I think he doesn't want, he doesn't want the, he knows that if he puts this out, he's still going to be successful and there's going to be so many people who support it. And yeah, he's going to have his haters because he always does. But I think if he go, it feels if he goes outside of his box, he can't come back. I yeah. feel like that because, I mean, we know he's a little sensitive. While he acts super tough and hard and at times, we know he is. We know he is. We know he doesn't like, you know, there are times where he makes fun of himself, you know, because that's, that's his, his shtick. But I think he is afraid to go outside of his box and not be able to come back. From I think, yeah, I think I think that toughness act, right, that he does, I think that's just masking his insecurities. Yeah. Um, I, I think. I think Drake as an artist is, is, you know, he's, he's very human. I think he's, he's got a lot of insecurities that he's probably never um, addressed with. And it would probably be easier if he just addresses that in his music too, like kind of yeah. talks about it. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't think we need to hear for the 400th time that, you know, why won't, why won't these women love him? But um, then they did, they did two nights ago in a different song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I agree. I, I agree. But I, I mean, I, I, I dare anybody to find a podcast where in the first half of the episode we're getting fantasy football breakdowns, and then in the second half of the episode you get a certified lover boy breakdown. If there is yeah. one, then it's gimmick infringement because I find it very hard to believe there is one out there. Um, Kyle, as always, a fun show. I, I, I love doing this with you. Uh, we obviously are down Jordan this week. He is very, very busy with work, uh, so we will keep on keeping on. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Big Bozo Energy. Where you at? Oh, look at that! I am forgetting my my own created segment. Um, so Kyle, as you must, I will let you lead. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, sweet. Uh, so my Big Bozo is uh, people who use album sales to justify the quality of an album. And why do I say that? Well, because this week the um, the numbers are rolling in, obviously, for CLB, and they're talking about comparing it to Donda. And then people are going into comment sections and saying, see, look, the CLB is a much better album because it sold X many million units over Donda, right? I don't think that's – I think that's the dumbest thing you can do, right? I, that doesn't – if I ever catch you saying that's how you judge an album, I'm going to – immediately reply to you and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Tell me how that makes it justifiable because we already know people like Drake are going to sell millions of copies within a couple months because they are Drake because they built up that brand, right? They have a lot of fans. He has a lot of fans. People like Kanye who their image is not, a, not like the same as Drake, right? Kanye was, you know, he's, he's controversial. He's not going to sell as many. We all know this, right? But Using sales numbers to justify the quality of an al album, trash. Don't ever do it. Big blows up. So I'm going to stick with the music realm too. Uh, but for me, it's a little different. Um, it's the people who are like, if you, if you like Drake, you can't like Kanye. And if you Ooh. like Kanye, you can't like Drake. Yeah. I saw a lot of that, like, what do you call it? Not grandstanding. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, maybe it is grandstanding. I think, that's, well, yeah. I think that's correct. Yeah, okay. That we're like, oh, well, yeah, no. Donda's better than, than CLB. I'm not even listening to CLB because I'm a Kanye fan. And I'm like, it is possible to like both artists just because they do not like each other. Because at the end of the day, unless one of them decides that they want to financially fund me, 
I will then pick a side. I enjoy <laughs> Kanye West. I went to a Kanye West concert when he was Pink Polo and Louis Vuitton backpack Kanye when it was an arena of 3,500 people. Okay, so I've seen Kanye at his beginning. I have not seen Drake in concert, which is very upsetting for me. I hope to eventually someday. But I am a big fan of both of them. I don't understand why. Like, there's there's this whole thing where, like, people try to tell you what you can and cannot like. It's like uh, I used to know a group of people who, like, told me that, like, you know, I was I was a child because I, I, I enjoy professional wrestling. Like, people like what they like, just like how, you know, I we like Marvel and stuff. It's like, oh, that's for kids. No. My Big Bozo, it's kind of morphed into people who don't allow people uh, to enjoy what they enjoy. Sure, we can have an opinion and say, oh, you like that or, you know, that's not that's not good or not for me. But for me, it's people telling people that they can't like certain things because the rappers don't get along or Marvel is for children. So mm -hmm. that is my Big Bozo energy this week. I love that. Are you going to go see Shang-Chi? I am. I actually, I've avoided so many spoilers. I am going tomorrow. Uh, I was supposed to go today, but then again, like like I stated, I forgot that I have a fantasy draft in about 45 minutes, which I'll also be watching the AEW pay-per-view tonight, which should be chuck full. But yes, I'm going to see Shang-Chi tomorrow. Saw no spoilers. Saw that there is two end credit scenes, one in the middle, one at the end. I've seen the reviews are 10 out of 10. A buddy of mine yeah. texted me and told me it's his favorite Marvel movie since he loves them all, but his favorite of all time is Iron Man, and he put it up there with that. So I have you seen it? Uh, I, I think I was going to go tomorrow too. I'm going to yeah. buy tickets and probably just go. I, my girlfriend, I've been uh, trying to convince her to go see it, and I've heard nothing but uh, good things from the, the audience, not just the critics, but the audience. Yes. Um, yeah. A lot of people, and I, I saw a TikTok that kind of hit close to home where a guy was like, I, I tried, I had to convince my girlfriend to go see Shang-Chi. And then like after the, like after she's doing all like the Kung Fu moves and the martial arts in the street. And I was like, I hope that's the same situation, but uh, hopefully we can have a review next week on, uh, yeah, on next sure. week's episode. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'll try to go out of my way and make sure I can get a, a get a, a viewing of it. Yeah. I, um, I, I know I will, I have to go tomorrow because Next week is birthday weekend, and I am chuck full from, like, Thursday night to Sunday night. So I have to go now. Otherwise, it's going to get to the point where it's just going to drag out, and then it's going to be spoiled for me. So yeah. tomorrow, no doubt, I will be seeing it. So as always, everybody, make sure you're tuning into the entire Ascension Podcast Network, Middle and Initial Podcast with Jude Jackson, Andrew Case, Kevin Lewis, as well as the All In Podcast with Kevin Lewis, which – Kevin Lewis, what am I doing? His solo, <laughs> his solo show. We won't be doing solo shows anymore, even though Kyle did so well. I've just got to schedule things better. Maybe buy a calendar. Maybe use the calendar. Your phone on my comes. IPhone. Yeah, your phone comes with a calendar. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're gotta, out of excuses. I've got I've to put things in my phone and stop realizing and remember them, remembering them Sunday morning and saying, "Oh, yeah, I'm busy." But no, I, I, I take full responsibility. But again. Kyle picked us up, and I am so appreciative for you, brother. Like Greg Jennings, I put the team on my bed. Back, oh. See you next I'm week, old. guys. Later. Jack, Jack,